Hello everybody and welcome to this game where with me, Ashley. And me, Chris. Hello everyone. Hope you're all doing well. Yeah, better than we are. I remember this week. What do you mean better than we are? I don't know. We're alright. I don't know. We've we've had an hour's conversation and it's just left me depleted. Great. Again. Again? Why? When did that happen? Don't know. Oh, you What's just generally... You? Just talking about Stranger Things. Well, we've talked about Stranger Things, and as much as I liked it, you you came out and said it's a masterpiece, and that set me off. I'm not backing because down. Because it's not. Well, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's not a bit again. It's not bummy us yeah. any further. Well, that. It was that. What else did we talk about? What else were we talking about before we started? Oh, I, sh- I played you a song that that is close to my heart. For It's got a lot of sentimental value because it's a song that followed me around on my honeymoon for two weeks. Everyone was playing it, despite it being nearly ten years old. I played you it, and you—I played you it. I played your daughter it, and you both just sneered at it. Yep, guilty as charged. I'll do it again. And and then you—you you expect me to come in and be all sweetness and light? Yeah, completely. That's, Fluffy that's, like a cloud. That's in the contract. Professionalism, bullshit. Truth. I'm not doing it. I've, I've brought a game that I don't think is going to help me. Great. Either. So <laughs> what starts? <laughs> I know. Yeah, I, it wasn't on purpose. It wasn't on purpose. I don't think it's going to be bad, but I think it might be another Wario Land where it's fine. Like that. It's 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 fine. It's okay. Not every game is a masterpiece or a stinker. There can be some in no. between. That's okay. Yeah. But it's not it's not exciting, is it? I like to I like to have my socks knocked off on a, on a Sunday afternoon. Well, slash evening. I don't want to say it's that. What's the game then? Oh, it's this game where you get bubbles from somewhere, fire them at some other bubbles, and hope that they hope that they're the same. Is it bubble bubble? No, it's not bubble 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 bubble. bubble. Have another go. Puzzle bubble. Puzzle bubble. Yeah. There you go. So you've called it puzzle bubble. You've called it puzzle bubble. Do you know the other name for it? Uh, no, but I think we. T- it's little dinosaurs, isn't it? Yes, it is. You said pu- you said bubble bubble. The dinosaurs come from bubble bubble, yeah, which is is a platformer. Well, it is. Yeah, I suppose it is a platformer. So l- let's let's go in order. So you've called it puzzle bubble. Yep. Its other name is Buster Move, and yes, it was it, it was released in Japan as Puzzle Bubble in 1994, and apparently released internationally as Buster Move. But I am sure, I'm sure that when I was playing this, it was called Puzzle Bubble. That's how I remember it. I don't know whether I've, I've, I've corrected that in my memory. But you've done the same, if so. Well, the the reason, well, firstly, I'm really excited to play this game because I, I love this. Oh, game. good. It, it's an it's a nice, simple distraction type game, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And yet, that's not the setting that I played it in. But we'll get to that. The reason I'm excited to play this is because. Uh, a friend I had growing up that I was really, really close to sort of through, through teenage years, he had a PS1, as did I, and we used to borrow each other's games. And he had a, a, a demo disc from the official PlayStation magazine that had a demo of this game. And it was just mm. the first level. And we used to sit and play this level in two-player mode for literally hours at a time. Just the first level yeah. with music playing because I, I take over CDs that I thought he might like to listen to. He bring over CDs that I might like to listen to. He was really into the whole new metal scene, like Disturbed and Limp Biscuit and all that. Really wasn't my bag at all, but but bless him for trying. How patronising. Let's move on. <laughs> um, so I have very fond memories of playing this game. Okay, good. Well, I played it in the fish and chip shop down the uh, down the shops. Right. This is so. 
uh, my approach to this week, uh, this episode, was to try and go for an an actual first. And I was I was playing with the idea of doing a Nintendo DS game because it would have been because you you were so proud of yourself last week when you when you thought that you had done the first Game Boy game. I was, and then the more we thought about it, I even thought about it after we recorded that. Oh yeah, we did that game as well. We did that game. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it was just a massive flop. So I was playing with the idea of doing a Nintendo DS game for that reason, because I thought, you know, maybe we should mix it up a little bit. But I was looking through the Nintendo DS library and nothing was really inspiring me for, for today. So I've ended up doing this. And the the reason that I've done it is because I'm sure last week you mentioned the Fish and Chip Shop arcade machine. So it, I don't know whether it was on air or off air i think it was actually the the week before when we're talking about streets of rage because i think i'd got confused about you playing it there but that was completely a different game completely yeah well this is one of the games that was on this arcade machine the arcade machine in this fish and chip shop was actually as far as my little six-year-old brain or however old it was uh was concerned it was like a magic machine because it was not only an arcade game it was an arcade games machine because it had multiple games on the same cabinet which is for it was the first time i'd ever seen anything like that so i was very taken with it and would go down with uh spare 20ps whenever i had the chance and have a little go on something I, for some reason i don't feel like the man that owned the chip shop was particularly happy that children were hanging around playing his arcade game i guess the idea why was you put in there buy fish and chips and then play it or they'd play it while they're waiting or something rather than people going specifically yeah, to to play it he's gonna Get the money regardless, isn't he? Well, I can't imagine he's getting much out of 20p. How many 20ps do you think I put in that machine over the course of Thousands. many years? I don't know how many. Oh. I hope not a thousand, because that would be 20,000 pence. <laughs> it would. Which is a, a lot of money for a, for a young boy <laughs> to, to pump into a machine like that. But anyway, this was a magic machine in the fish and chip shop. And it's it's the first game I think that we've done that actually comes from that machine. Um, they did have other things like Street Fighter 2 was on that machine um, and a few others that I'm really going to have to rack my brains because I can't remember exactly. Was this machine legit? Yeah, it was a a proper machine. They they do actually exist and they do have a name and I haven't that would have been an interesting thing to find out about, wouldn't it? The way those work. But yeah, they were real. It was pre sort of legitimate ability, not legitimate it was pre the ability really to emulate so if you're thinking that it was some kind of knockoff machine that they put together to pull people in, well, PCs would to, that would have been able to do that and the software to do that wouldn't really have been around mm. in that sort of period. We're talking 95 around there. So just, it would have just, been a very expensive affair. It's very disparate, even just those two games, Street Fighter yeah. and then uh, Puzzle Bobble slash Buster Move. Yeah, and every so often there'd be a new one as well. Exciting you, you thought that Streets of Rage was on there, and it wasn't. But I'm pretty sure Golden Axe, one of the oh, Golden Axes, was. So there were there was all sorts. There were the the arcade staples, the the puzzle games, the fighting games, and the beat 'em ups were all on there. And I think as well there were some shoot 'em ups. So vertical scrolling shoot, uh, horizontal scrolling. No, so vertical scrolling shoot 'em ups. Did you ever buy anything from the fish and chip shop? to eat while playing yeah right okay what was your order yeah we did i've actually well I, boy. I, I didn't i was a. I. I i need to really clarify i was born in 1988 and i 
was eight years old when I moved away from the area that this fish and chip shop was in. So I wasn't flush with pocket money to go and buy fish and chips. But, you know, every so often we would, as a family, have a fish and chip tea. So uh, I was probably having a sausage and chips or something like that, fish Good cake call. and chips or something. Although saying that, the fish cakes in, in that town, in that city, were terrible. They were those breaded fish cakes yeah, rather than proper battered uh, fair, so maybe not a fish cake. Um, you're getting by the by. I will tell you this though. I will tell you this. The chip shop also doubled as the Chinese. Excellent. So you could buy and you could buy portion chips and some chow mein. You could. Oh, I think amazing. in in the entire time that we lived there, which was eight years of my life. Um, in the entire time we we lived there, we probably had two Chinese's from there, but they had this something or other in a really rich dark sauce. And it, I remember the taste of it, and I've never had it since. I've never had that same taste since. But I, I can think of it and remember and and experience almost the flavour of that of that Chinese dish from that chip shop come fish uh, Chinese Is it like a, shop. a thick viscous sauce. It was quite it was quite sticky and yeah. glossy. Yeah, and it had it had um, bean sprouts in, which would make me think that it's a chop suey. But it was so dark. And rich and unctuous. Is it like, strange it how, really like, you're talking about this, and I can actually taste your memory? Isn't that bizarre? Like, I, I can. That is amazing. I'm glad that I'm doing such a good job. I can understand what. I don't know if maybe I had something similar from a Chinese when I was uh, mm. a slipper boy as well, but I, I can really imagine that kind of like quite a sharp vinegary taste. That's what I'm getting. Uh, I'm thinking more umami, you know, like that deeply, intensely savoury. Mm. I mean, it was very, very Chinese in in terms of sort of Chinese takeaway food. That was what set my uh, bar for Chinese, really, because it was the first and only Chinese that we would have had. Um, and we didn't have it very often, but it's it's really made an impression. And Chinese food, as you very well know, is one of my favourite cuisines uh, as an adult. So, well, at risk of this turning to the off menu podcast, let's go oh, back yeah. onto the <laughs> let's go back onto the actual game. What? Um, well, it, it was relevant. It was relevant. Oh, absolutely, sort of. absolutely was. Yeah. What um, version of the game was running on this this machine then? So this is something that I was umming and ahhing about because I couldn't really remember without without finding out which which one it was because there's puzzle bubble there's puzzle bubble two uh i think there's a puzzle bubble three and four but um i think what helps is that i moved as you probably know i think people that listened to early episodes of this podcast might know that i moved in 1996 and that helps me to date things so this has to have been a version of puzzle bubble that came out pre-96 and i'm pretty sure the only one of those that exists is is puzzle bubble one the original um and looking at the looking at images of it that seems to match up because i very distinctly remember bob and bub who are the little dinosaurs from bubble bobble sitting at the bottom of the screen and i don't know that they're definitely there in puzzle bubble two so what is is this playstation then no this is arcade yeah, but it is is this the arcade version of Puzzle Bobble? Is it the same version that came out on the PlayStation? Yeah, it will be. It is yeah, right. it should be. Okay, so it should be. the version that I played on the PlayStation on the demo disc, me and my friends called it Puzzle Bub for reasons I'm not really sure why. And I'm thinking that maybe that was something to do with the fact that one of the characters in it was called Bub. So I would... Possibly. 
possibly, it may well be that when we played this at the half time, that this is actually a game that I played a lot because I did play this a lot and haven't touched for the best part of 20 years. Because we were playing this for mm. years and years, this, this demo disc, you know, over sort of late 90s to kind of like 2000, 2003. This is the friend, again, going back to an earlier episode, in the episode that we talked about with Tony Hawks, this is the friends that we rigged up some sort of um, Heath Robinson-style contraption. Well, not Heath Robinson, some sort of contraption, where I pulled him along on his skateboard and I was on my bike, and the exertion of doing so made me physically sick, and then I thought the sick was moving yeah. and I got really scared. That's it's that friend. Yeah. Oh, that sounds like a good childhood. It, it was, it was. I mean, it, it says something that you were able to. Although maybe it says something about you as opposed to the game. But what I was going to say was, it says something that you were able to sustain multiple years worth of enjoyment and satisfaction out of playing one level on a demo disc. <laughs> well, it's just, which maybe explain what the game is for people that aren't sure. It's I, th- I think you kind of said about yeah, I've got that. If you want me to. Do you want me to? Yeah, go for it. Okay, so you have an arena. It's a, it's like a little square or, or rectangle. And at the bottom of the arena is like this weird little cannon contraption. It, it looks mechanical. And there will be the Bob or Bub, a little green or blue dinosaur, uh, controlling this, this mechanical contraption. The Above the level, at the top of the arena, are a series of coloured bubbles, different colours, in, uh, and they are arranged in different um, groupings. So... There might be two of one color and three of another, and so on. And they'll all be they'll all be jammed together in a in a particular way. the The aim of the game is to get rid of all those bubbles by firing bubbles from your mechanical contraption to hit and join together with corresponding with bubbles of co- the corresponding color, so that if you get three or more, it gets rid of those bubbles. If when you're firing you hit a different coloured bubble or you hit a group that doesn't have three or more, that bubble will just stick. It will glom on to whatever is already there. After every few shots that you do, the ceiling of the arena will will come down one level. And if though if the bubbles in the level drop below a line at the bottom of the screen, that is game over. Beautiful. So that's the game. It's super it's super simple and that's what i'm concerned about a little bit because uh the simplicity could mean that it's just not as engaging as a young a young me found it well the simplicity is why me and my friend played it so much was because we could Mm. just sit and listen to music while playing it and it was it was the music was the thing we kind of focused on really it was was sharing with each other our taste in music at the time yeah as a 13 14 15 year old but it was the the game kind of became incidental background to that it was the thing that we were using as a a conduit to actually share the the music Uh, and the simplicity of it is as i said the um the the key to that this has this is the sort of thing that's come up in as mini games in other in other kind of bigger games since and it has also we had talked about it during our uh, Denki Blocks episode because it was the same concept that became yeah. that B game that I can't remember the name of at the moment that that you played using the Sky Remote. I don't remember the name of that either. It's it's had multiple different iterations on the same thing. It's hard, I think, to distinguish um, this genre it, within this genre of puzzle game. I think it it's hard to find a distinguishing um, USP when you're iterating on it but team 17 have had a go with worms blast and actually it's also become a hit mobile game in the form of bubble witch saga which if you even if you haven't played it you might well have seen 
online adverts or YouTube adverts in between videos that you're actually trying to watch. So I think they are two of the bigger versions. I also feel like there was a Capcom version of it where you had little chibi style Street Fighter characters. Mm, yeah, that but sounds familiar. I, I actually looked for that actively while I was researching this and couldn't find it. So mm. I don't know whether I've just... that. Do you know Puzzle League? Do you know the the Puzzle League nope. matching tile genre? Well, there was a Pokemon Puzzle League and then there was, there's been things like um, Puzzle... Puzzles and Dragons, which had a, an a Nintendo-flavored version, which in, involved Mario as well on the All on right. the 3DS, I think that was. Um, so the Puzzle League-style game might well have actually had this. Uh, I might be conflating two different things, and Street Fighter One is a Puzzle League-style. I think your point tile is, matching game. I think your point is right, though, that this is it's a sub-genre within the puzzle genre. The, this idea of bubble throwing by the contraption this does appear time and time again it does and and that's what i was getting at really that that's what i was getting at because i don't really understand how it's how it's had the legs how it's endured how people have yeah really because once you've made this game there isn't really a way to make it again in a way that's going to stand out it is it is always going to be what it is and you could say the same thing for tetris but then at the same time there haven't there hasn't been tetris and the many many different tetris knockoffs it's always been tetris whoever's been making it they've been making tetris puzzle bubble is buster move but then there's also worms blast and there's also bubble witch saga and i don't really understand how how that's happened because it doesn't happen to tetris or at least it's not as not as far as i know I guess the, the point I've, I've made a few minutes ago, that, that simplicity, that's probably why it's enjoyed because it is just so accessible for so many people. I imagine Bubble Witch Saga is that a, a kind of like a freemium, almost like a toilet game. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, Candy Crush type. Ex- exactly. You look at how popular Candy mm. Crush was because of that simplistic gameplay. I imagine that's going to be, in, this is going to be in the same wheelhouse in terms of the mm. audience it's aiming at, this Bubble Witch Saga. Yeah. I think I don't know whether you're missing ever so slightly what I'm saying, because what I'm saying is I don't understand how people have been able to iterate on it and kind of get away with it. I suppose I'm saying because if they did that with Tetris, there would be trademark issues. No, my, my point. because that game is that game. Yeah, and puzzle puzzle bobble, it's distinctive enough and unique enough that when people iterate on it, it feels like there should be some kind of royalty paid. Mm. You know, it, right, it's you not know. a. Yeah, it's it's um, ba- yeah. Basically, I'm I'm wondering how people get away with it, so that I can get away with it. I guess. <laughs> yeah, maybe. No, not really. Sorry for sorry for labouring that point. Um, it has a two player version. Did you ever play the two player version? Was that available on the demo? I think that's what we we play. I don't think we kind of took in turns. I think we were playing against each other when we played this. Ah, well, that makes more sense because some of the levels, in fact, most of the levels on this are are seconds to minutes long, whereas the two-player version, you will... It's it's a competitive two-player version. So much like Tetris or Puyo Puyo, when you clear bubbles in Puzzle Bubble in the competitive two-player mode, they'll get sent over to your competitor's screen and they'll get added to his lot. Uh, so it's sort of a pressure thing. You're yeah. trying to put pressure on the other player so that they fail. I never actually played that because Aww. I was the only one with 20p's, I guess. I don't know. How sad. 
I, I this was a point where I actually had friends to play games in the chip shop with as well. But none of them wanted to. So I don't really know why we didn't play two player. I really don't know. I feel like I have memories of them being there with me, but mostly watching or or taking it in turns. Chanting Ashley, Ashley. No, no. definitely not. Oh. No. No, we were a quiet lot. Maybe whispering it. Ashley, Ashley. I think the guy in the chip shop would have would have chucked us out if uh, if we'd done that. Yeah, I do distinctly. I do remember watching other people play, like not my friends, watching adults play Street Fighter or something in the fish and chip shop, and being told to leave. I remember that. Why? I remember Hopefully that. You weren't allowed to watch. I have else. not got a clue. Why did he put an arcade machine in his fish and chip shop? That's what I don't understand. The, the if mom... He didn't want people to enjoy it. Yeah, and. You know, not hang around, just watching. Buy this thing or yeah. ship it out. Yeah. Are you going to get some chips or what? It's not a library. No, I'm not. No, it's not. It's an arcade machine, <laughs> mate. Come on. I remember the uh, security guard at Tesco saying to me once when I was flicking through a PlayStation magazine. It's not a library. Buy it or leave. All right, then. I'll leave. What a bumhole. I took my business elsewhere. Is there anything I want to say about Puzzle Bub? Puzzle Bub? Uh, Buster not, Move. So I can't, I can't not, not really. I can't not call it Puzzle Bub. It's incredible. That's fine. You're allowed. Um, no, there yeah. isn't. That, that's the thing about this game. It, it's there's not really developer. Developer, please. Tato. T a i t o. Uh, it released on the Neo Geo. It actually released on a different con, uh, different board in Japan originally in 1994, but then internationally it released on the Neo Geo. So in some respects, it's our first Neo Geo game mm. as well. Yeah, maybe that's interesting to oh, people. That's and lastly, it's got 32 levels, so I suppose we'll see how far we get through it. Wow. I, I, again, go back to your... I'll go back to your point. I, I don't... Yeah, it's fine. Ignore that. How how do you get 32 levels out of it? That's what you were going to say. Different different organisation of balls. Yeah, I guess so. Different time pressures and maybe... The, More the, challenging. The line that you've got to clear being higher or lower, I guess, as well. Perhaps. All right. Yeah. Okay, I, I can but see how you get this. You say that. You say that you challenge the idea of there being thirty-two levels. Later versions of it had even more levels. So thirty-three, mystifying. How did they make sequels to it? I don't. These are all the questions that have occurred to me while I've been researching it. Well, maybe we're going to so, play it to be pleasantly surprised. So uh... I'm worried that we're not. But there we go. Bim, puzzle bubble. Yeah, it didn't make that noise though. It didn't, and also not at that speed. All, all I've taken was the sound of popping bubbles. That wasn't in the game. It wasn't just the, game. the bubbles. It was just the bubbles element that really you've lot you've latched onto, isn't it? Yeah. It's, it's just anything for an easy life, isn't it? With you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just anything to get me through. This game, I think, could help people to have a, an easy life, or else a, a more stress-free life. Because it's... I feel quite chilled out. Yeah. You riled me up with Stranger Things talk at the beginning of this. And then we've got to the halfway point. I feel really quite yeah. 
chilled out now. I feel really zen after playing it. It's it's zen. <laughs> yeah, cool. It, it's a good toilet game. <clears throat> I mean that sentence. Again, I know you don't like is, me saying it's that. It's a horrible window into you because you said I feel quite zen. It's a wonderful toilet game. Those two things must be sort of Why, you... linked in your head, like yeah. the idea of going going for a nice big poo is uh, is zen like. It's relaxing. Well, do you, do you do you have anger issues when you're on the throne? Do you get cross about it? Strain this out. Be gone, devil. I, w- I, I think. <laughs> I, I mean, I kind of wish I did now, but. I think that there's a a big gap between relaxing and zen. I think I think there's a big gap there. All right. I don't know. I don't know. But the, we're agreeing, so we don't need to disagree whilst agreeing. Yeah, and also maybe not a good idea to go the game to the is very relaxing on, on toilet talk. Talking about poo. Yeah. No, I even said the word. I've said it twice now. The game's not poo. The game's actually much nicer than I expected it to be. The game is very good. Yeah. It's um, it's relaxing. The arcade version, which I played, was very, very smooth to control. Uh, the music is... It's nothing to write home about, but it is very conducive to relaxing atmosphere. Unobtrusive, but it, it was there. But then it was also used quite cleverly. As jolly. In, as in it was when, jolly. When the bubbles dropped down and the pressure started ramping up, the music picked up the pace as well, and it added to that, did. that stress element, which was really effective. Yeah, I didn't actually even think that it was particularly stressful. That's the thing about that music. I feel, I feel like it was more a signal that things were things getting on top up. of you, but it wasn't like... I can't think of any good examples, but there's music in games where it kicks in and the music itself Underwater is a music stress in, multiplier. In Sonic when you're out of air. Yeah, d- 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 yeah, that stuff. That makes the whole situation worse. Whereas the music speeding up in this, it's a signal, but it's not a, a stress yeah. multiplier like yep. that. Fair. Which I thought was actually quite a, a master stroke to be able to do that with the music. I thought it was pretty cool, pretty <laughs> pretty smart. I think the game, picking on that point really, I think the game went out of its way to kind of accommodate the player and make the player um, as familiar with the game as possible. It's down to, for example, the first level having this really nice effect with these lines coming out so you can really precision aim as to where the bubble's going yeah, to go. Yeah, it's got an aiming line, hasn't it? Like it, a, a yeah. laser line. It then becomes into, like, basically its angles, isn't it? You, it's teaching you that this mm. is what it is. And then second level onwards, that goes... And the second level then becomes more difficult because of that. But you don't actually you don't need that though. It's just there's a bit of assistance. But then there's a really nice mechanic that both of us picked upon because we both um, had situations where the bubbles fell down below the line and we we lost life. Then when you retry this aiming thing, these bubbles appear again just to ease you back into it. So the game's acknowledging, yeah. okay, you found that level a bit difficult. Here's a way to ease you back into it. Off you go. And that's a really really smart choice. It is. I think that kind of helping hand is, especially if you're thinking in the arcade context, games all too often in the arcade, they they push you to the brink, it, specifically in, in order to get, you your, to get you to put more money in. And I think there were levels on this that felt very difficult. Well, not very difficult. There were levels that were more difficult than others in this game. But... 
there was always that option if you did fail that you could have a fair chance at it again with your next 20 pence so it felt like actually it felt like you were being given an, a more even hand than mm. some other games might give you once you put that 20p in i know that i was very reticent not reticent i was very reluctant to to spend more money sometimes on on arcade games there, there's that push pull feeling that you get in your gut when you really do want to carry on with the game but it, you know that it's very it's too difficult yeah and you don't want to put bad money uh, good money after bad throw good money after bad whereas for this i don't remember i don't actually remember that being a mechanic in the game but i feel like it it would make me more willing to to spend an extra 20p just because i know that well i'll probably get past this level because i'm going to have that little extra help a little extra assistance yeah and i don't think any of the levels were overly difficult like they were challenging but they weren't like unfairly difficult there wasn't anything where suddenly there's no. a massive difficulty spike the only difficulty in the game is just you aiming it comes down to you as the player which again i, I really like that that's exactly what i was um was going to say myself as well it felt like the mistakes that i made were my mistakes and it's not always the case especially again in arcade games oftentimes those mistakes are very forced upon you and it sometimes it doesn't feel like it's your mistake it feels like the game has pushed you to it whereas here it's like i got that a fraction off that was my fault completely and now i'm paying for it but there were also there were a number of situations that i got myself into that i was able to dig myself out of mm. it's really satisfying so, when you do that as well yes it was yeah it was especially satisfying when the solution to your mistake meant that lots and lots and lots of bubbles all fell down at once yeah definitely. that was lovely it's like shaking snow off a branch <laughs> just like it that was great another really good thing that the game does just to kind of make it as accessible as possible is when you get towards the end of a level where whereas at the side level you might have green red yellow blue orange white pink gray etc as you get towards the end of the level if you've only got yellow green and red left over it will only give you yellow green and red bubbles it won't start throwing out blues for example because if you if then gave you blue you've then got to find somewhere to put that blue to then come back to it later mm. on and it then creates that challenge within that whereas it's tailored to sort of get you through the level in as easy a way as possible and then i started then understanding with that actually there's a mechanic there because if i if i had two bubbles hanging off the ceiling and then had a random one that suddenly appeared i could attach it to those two hanging wait till the next the third of in that two if that makes sense appears mm. then fire it onto them and then that will get rid of that one as well so then i'm starting to understand the mechanics behind the game a bit more as well which again as a learning curve over the time playing this which wasn't that long i thought was really enjoyable as well yeah it eliminates colors as you as you eliminate colors it removes them from the game and i thought that, that was a very even-handed way mm. of, of approaching the play here i you're talking about the learning curve over the course of this i actually felt myself getting better yeah completely I could see I, I i i repeated a few of the levels over the course of my time playing it and i could feel that i was understanding the fractional movements that the little machine to aim your balls were making so i couldn't i could feel like pressing the button this this amount would move it this amount yeah and at the beginning it it was like i didn't i didn't quite understand the tiny micro movements that you needed to make with it yeah whereas by the end i was i was getting more of a grip on that 
And actually, I scoffed in the first half about there being 32 levels and kind of, all, or how can there be 32 levels? Uh, actually, the way the game is structured, that 30 levels, you can see it coming about quite cleverly. That level 5 has these these diagonal lines going across and with gaps in. So you've got to then think about how to precisely place the balls within that. And then actually gone to level 8, which are a really clever level where you've got this um, almost like a, a C shape, I guess. Oh, no, that was level 9 with level the orange nine. balls. My apologies. Yeah. So just, just before you go on to that, level 8 was an interesting one in itself okay. because it was the first one... It was the first one where there weren't groups of colours. So it, to contrast it, the first level, there are groups of four bubbles, which means that as soon as you hit one of those groups with the corresponding colour, it will immediately blow up and disappear. In level eight, it, disa- it, di- it did away with groups altogether, and you had four solid lines of very randomly placed bubbles, which meant that it was a real challenge uh, to to get your groups in order um and you said one of the levels that you were on it was all about firefighting and that that level level eight was very much all about firefighting and um efficient use of the bubbles that were coming up out of your machine level nine then when once you got past level eight which was all disorder level nine was very much order and it had this this chaotic bit at the bottom but it was hung on a branch of oranges and you could, if you were smart, you could hit that orange group with one orange, which it served up to me as my first bubble, in one move, and you could complete the level in one move. But it required that angle being so precise. Yeah, and if it, it wasn't, did. then you completely, you, you snookered yourself. You're back to firefighting again. Yeah, yeah. And, and you really have to work hard out of that. So it's either you do a really pr- perfect hole-in-one style hand of god maneuver that no one expects like the miraculous shot or you spend your time uh with your back against the wall really pushing and working but if you got that hands of god maneuver yeah what a rush that would be yeah i didn't get it i had to firefight but even after that once i'd cleared a, a space just to sneak an orange through a slightly bigger a bigger hole um, that was still satisfying to watch all of that mess that I'd made fall off the screen. So yeah, there was quite a lot of variety in the levels that we that we played, and more variety than you'd think you hmm. could get out of out of such a simple setup. Was there any reason why Bub and Bob have this contraption that's very out bubbles? Not a clue. I so to go back to something that I said I'd come back to in the first half, the Bub and Bob are from Bubble Bobble, which is a 1986 Tato game, a Tato arcade game. It came out to many, many other home consoles, including the Sega Master System, which is where I played it. And Bubble Bobble is like a little platformer where you fire bubbles out of your dinosaur's mouth to trap enemies that then turn into fruit. Yep. (laughs) Um, That then turn into fruit, as is tradition in arcade games and you collect that fruit and and that's what scores your points and there were 100 levels in the arcade game there were 200 in the bubble bubble uh, sorry there were 200 in the master system version of bubble bubble and that was actually considered the the deluxe edition of the game and that's i I played that my friend had that game on the master system and i played that so i was familiar with it and that's why i wanted to play puzzle bubble i have no idea though why bub and bob why this is branded with the bubble bubble uh branding because as far as i know certainly in 1994 a full eight years after it hit the uh, the original game hit the arcades 
Bubble Bobble wasn't really on, on people's radar in a huge way. I was playing it at my friend's house, but it wasn't, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't a Sonic and it wasn't a, a Mario. It, it wasn't even necessarily an Alex Kid level thing. So, yeah, I don't really know where Puzzle Bobble, why Puzzle Bobble exists in the way it exists. I'm guessing if Tato had these characters, they could kind of hang this gameplay on those as pre-existing uh, license, I guess. And then it gives some credence to what's going on, even if it is very arbitrary because they are there just at the bottom serving up these colours that there's no other involvement from them at all. The upshot of that, then, if we're if we're sort of going to follow it to its logical end, is that in 1994, Tato considered that their best bet at selling a new franchise, a new game, was to attach their best-known characters to it, which were Bub and Bob from Bubble Bobble. Is yeah. that is that what we're led to believe? I, I think so, and it does sound ridiculous, but I do genuinely think that's probably what's happened. But interestingly, yeah. when you look at the SNES box art, it's really futuristic, and it's got these bubbles suspended in space, and almost look like at a glance I saw it looked like a, a pinball flipper at the bottom there's nothing of, of Bub and Bob there at all now if I'd seen that in a in a game shop had I had a SNES I'd have thought oh that was amazing and then I suddenly had this game with these cutesy dinosaurs in so that's that's quite that's quite unusual that they didn't follow that branding through all the way to the box art yeah I, the only other Tato characters that I can think of are Pocky and Rocky anyway I, so I, I'm trying, I was I took a I took a moment when you said that to to have a little think, which no one noticed because I'll have I'll have edited that out because it was too long. But um, I really I can't actually think of any other Tato characters that might have been able to sustain or um, prop up a new franchise. That it's a very well worn groove, that isn't it? To to try and attach already known entities to to something. Oh, completely. I mean, and it's something that doesn't just happen I'm in just games. I'm surprised it, it, that it's you know things. It's done for you know books and films and something. You just shove a shove a mascot on, and it's going to sell a lot more than had the mascot not been there completely. Yeah, I'm just surprised that that was where they landed. I, just, I, you, you think Tato? Tato's actually, at least to me, Tato is a well-known arcade and certainly early home console brand, and. I would have expected that there were other characters, but that was just good. Maybe it's just Bubble. Maybe Bubble Bubble really are the top of the pile when it comes to Tato. I have no no knowledge of Tato whatsoever. Uh, I've just googled just to uh, just in case anyone's going to fire off an angry email. Looking on Google Images, Puzzle Bobble is branded for the the Super Nintendo with Bub and Bob on the front, and it's very cutesy and cartoony. Whereas there's Buster Move, so depending on the territory, then the Buster yeah. Move one doesn't have Bob and Bob on. It's got this machine in the bottom corner firing. It looks like sort of spacey. So again, you've got kind of different markets spending, whether it's Puzzle Bobble or Buster Move. So again, I think that's quite interesting in itself. Mm, and Buster Move would have been how it was known on the PlayStation as well. I don't know whether that uh, factored right. into things Possibly. or not. But perhaps. But, but all very this. much of the adult. But all this, we're just guessing completely, aren't we? Yeah, there's, there's, yeah, that's all speculation. So, yeah, um, I, I'm, ple- I, overall, I'm pleasantly surprised. Mm. Yeah, me too. By this, I, I was genuinely a little bit concerned that 
this was going to be a, a bit of a letdown and it hasn't been so i can completely see how i spent a lot of time playing this as a child mm. listening to music well as a teenager listening to music because it is it's it's, it's going back to that beating that drum again that we we beat it a lot in the first half it's it's so simple but it's so fun and yeah that's what makes it a good game i would say well not necessarily yeah. all the time but it makes it makes it no, effective cer- certainly certainly here yeah. it's made a good game yeah. so so yeah cool there we go is this game available anywhere currently at all what's happening with puzzle bubble going forward yeah, Puzzle Bobble is available. It's on the Arcade Archives on Switch and, and probably other oh, is it? platforms as well. Okay. Yeah, so you can get you can get a copy of this. I think it's um perhaps an unreasonably large sum of money One of those. For, for it. Okay. Um but I don't know exactly how much it costs on there. Um there is it was the thirty fifth anniversary of um of Bubble Bobble last year oh and how we missed it the... well it's interesting that you've been sarcastic there because it i kind of thought oh 35th anniversary of bubble bubble that passed me by when i when i uh, found that earlier it also but... makes them exactly the same age as me so i'm 35 yeah so that's cool there, there is that yeah i wonder who's older i don't know it's not an important question um they celebrated it and one of the things that they did to celebrate it was a 10 minute long skit in which he followed a director around Tato offices and uh, as part of the skit they announced that there was going to be bearing in mind this is the bubble bubble 35th anniversary they announced one game and it was a puzzle bubble entry which is supposedly uh, I don't well which is supposedly in development in in announcing this in a nine minute video, they showed one still image, and the still image brilliant. This admittedly, the still image is intriguing to some extent if you consider, um, if if you like Puzzle Bobble, because it's four players all on one shared screen with a very oh. vast array of bubbles to to pop their way through, and I'm assuming that you can sort of cross the streams and and fire bubbles into your uh, cooperative. Your companions' areas. Well, I guess and, and fight with each other. There's two ways you could do it. You could do it either cooperatively, so you're working as a team, but you've got your individual ones in front of your cannon, and you're trying to clear that. But mm. you also may be working for the greater good. But then the flip side would be maybe competitively, where you're trying to shaft each other over. But either game, uh, either gameplay model, I think, is uh, quite promising sounding. Yeah, or both in the same package. Well, yeah, yeah, definitely. That would that would be even better. So yeah, I I like Puzzle Bubble. I don't know whether I'm invested enough in it to be chomping at the bit for this new uh, version of it. But that one still image has captured my imagination in a way that I didn't expect it to. So um, you know, you never know what what it might bring. Depends on pricing and and all that, doesn't it? When it comes out, it you know, yeah, you know it, it, it might does. end up being something like Pac-Man Thirty Five or whatever, where it it's free but some bits are, are paid but again we're speculating we don't know yeah i'd be surprised if that happened but we will find out we'll find out well thank you very much uh, for bringing that ashley it was a, a wonderful game and uh yeah really really enjoyable so thank you very much and uh, next week it'll be one of my games as is tradition uh and episode one two zero is looming on the horizon as well i noticed earlier yeah yeah it comes like four after this episode doesn't it wow well, 
What? Because it's one one six, and then it's one one seven, one one eight, one one nine. That's how numbers work, isn't it? I know exactly. Yeah, that's what I was getting at. It's in the ether. It's somewhere. Anyway, yeah. So uh, while you're waiting for episode one twenty and the episodes leading up to that, uh, remember to come join us on all social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And do the liking, sharing, subscribing, rating, and reviewing. Pleasings. Thank you ever so much for listening to us and for getting this far. It's probably about one of you. I was going to say five, but I think that's that's ambitious. Oh, come probably on. Just one person listening right now. Well, whoever that person uh, is, well done. And thank you. And if it, if it is you, come and let us know. Yeah, definitely. Definitely do that. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.